Ciao and welcome back. We are diving back into full-fledged digital marketing this week by delving into the psychology of successful digital marketing, a topic I'm particularly excited for myself as my co-host, Bhumika and Agam. I think we should start off with a little brief about consumer psychology, since I believe that's where the roots of today's topic lie. What do you know about the consumer psychology? Not much, honestly. Uh, I do know that is the study of psychology of the people involved in buying and selling goods, I suppose. Yeah, in simple terms, that's exactly it. Um, I would even argue that the strides we have taken in marketing over the past few years, digital or otherwise, have been in large part due to consumer psychology. It studies the reasons why some people buy certain things and how the media plays a big role in shaping these decisions. Consumer psychologists basically study our decision-making process, peer pressure, and other such influences. I think it's easy to see how these things could translate into the online world. Sure, and I uh, realized that the combination of IT with knowledge of consumer psychology has led to uh, several innovations in the digital marketing sphere. Uh, now that I come to you know think of it, uh, things like SEO and user-generated marketing strategies immediately come to my mind. And no matter how much you know about what consumers do, knowing why they do things is infinitely more helpful in my opinion. That's what tells you about their overall consumer habits and predict what they'll do next, um, allowing you to tailor your marketing. Exactly. How else do you think consumer psychology or overlaps with digital marketing? Analytics play a huge role, as Fumika uh, implied. We discussed this in the Changing Trends episode. Uh, your browsing activities get stored, which allows businesses to uh, build something of a psychological profile of the user's uh, demographics. This influences the ads you see, the search results you get, and so on. So on, uh, based on what uh, you'd like to be drawn to. That's right, Agam. And I'll name, uh, drop three main areas of um, consumer psychology for you. Persuasion architecture, uh, scarcity loss, aversion and emotion driven behavior. I'll explain uh, what each one means as we get to them. Uh, we'll start with the last one. Granted, uh, this is quite self-explanatory, but you won't believe how many of our buying choices are influenced by our emotions rather than our intellect. It also links back to creating an experience for the consumer. So while this kind of thing can arguably be done more certainly isn't impossible to do online. Um, Jim Sharp, for instance, cultivated the aesthetic of young people who look good while working out and being able to build a community on the aesthetic. It's fresh and motivating and whether you work out or even like wearing athleisure or not, a strong um, uh, aesthetic like this is vital for attracting consumers who already lead, a, lead active lifestyles, right? but also for making other demographics curious. And a very large part of this marketing was done via influencer marketing, which helped foster their sleep cut aesthetic. A brilliant example, Abhumika. We all want to improve ourselves. 
get our lives together and be part of an exclusive community and brands pander to this desire more often than not. This brings me to persuasion architecture, which is all about having full understanding of consumer wants and needs and appealing to them. As the name suggests, design, therefore aesthetic, plays a big role. Have any of uh, you heard of uh, buyer personas? It is basically uh, the construction of a narrative that speaks to your target audience or potential consumers, helping shape their buying process. Businesses need to understand what consumers were doing before, what they are thinking during and after the buying process to make full use of this concept. This is much more common in website design. And uh, there are many sites that uh, qualify, but Lush uh, cos Cosmetics comes to my mind uh, because of their colorful, youthful, but still simple web design. Uh, their design cells their uh, aesthetic while being easy to use and even the photos of their products seem quite delicious. Uh, it really makes you want to buy, smell and use them, which is in line with their uh, buy line of their products by uh, being fresh and handmade. Precisely. You, you have pointed out uh, the way they emphasize their unique selling point via their website. Um, and also appeal to a more environmentally conscious younger consumer base with their design. Um, getting through to your customers by emphasizing um, the right tone, imagery, layout, and accessibility is key. It's easy to see how you need to plan your design and uh, marketing very careful. Each and every element helps build your own brands via uh, pers uh, persona like genre blogs. Uh, if you don't plan these uh, things, it's very uh, easy for you to design to become distracting. Uh, your design elements must play in your in your uh, brand, not other uh, ways out. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I know we have gone pretty deep into design here, but do not underestimate the psychological impact of a damn good website design. Most consumers will browse your site before buying your product or service. So it's truly something that could make a break, uh, make or break your business. Um, you have to convince your customers uh, via your web design that they need uh, you in their lives in a matter of minutes. Which brings me to scarcity aversion or loss aversion. Pretty self-explanatory again, but uh, what do you think this refers to? Um, avoiding losses, present, uh, present losses, or even future ones. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, it is said that pain of loss is greater than the pleasure of gain. So we are more likely to ensure that we avoid future losses. So um, what sort of tactics um, come uh, uh, on mind? Um, free trial things come to mind. Do you think, okay, a temporary trial of this product or service uh, with no investment on my end have a robbery? And you may argue that you may not use the trial at all, but many people think, hey, might as well, you know, make the most of it. And once the free trial ends, you either buy the thing or keep making new accounts to continue using it. Either way, you have become attached to the product and are boosting their analytics 
happen if you don't buy it. Um, uh, and I'm certainly not speaking from personal experience. This is an excellent example. And don't worry, we have all been there. The investment comes after you have had a taste of the product rather than before. And you form a commitment once you know what it's like to have it gone from your life. Yes, and uh, free samples also work in the same way. You often get tiny free samples or perfumes from high-end places and you feel like you get a free, uh, freebie. Uh, when you're actually paying for it by forming a bond with with the with, with uh, said freebies and eventually putting your own money into the bond. Yeah, and just to add two more techniques to the pile because I just thought of them. There is also the technique of reciprocity. Does that have anything to do with user-generated campaigns? It seems reminiscent of um, consumers exercising their autonomy to be part of the brand's community, I think. Yeah, you're not too far uh, off on that. Actually, building on the giving of freebies from earlier, you often feel indebted to a brand for giving you these gifts almost, and you want to return the favor by buying more stuff. Participating in marketing campaigns and engaging with them more similarly to the way a friend may do a nice thing for you. And you do nice things for them too. But uh, surely chucking random things, they won't, uh, they, they won't always work, right? That's true, Agam, and it isn't random. That's the whole, uh, that's the whole point. This is where the whole understand uh, your consumers things come in. Brands have to be careful about the free items they give out. And this decision is often made of what they buy or, or what sales people can gather from real life interactions. And the businesses, uh, business uh, continues the reciprocation cycle by offering more free things, discounts for regular customers and so on. Uh, that's how you build brand loyalty and play into the psychology of waiting uh, to be a part of something exclusive. Yes, and that's perfect segue into the uh, tactic of social proof, a simpler tactic than the ones we have discussed so far, but just as effective nonetheless. Let me guess, it's something to do with showing consumer testimonies about how satisfied they are with the product? Yes, uh, Bhumika, uh, that's right. About 92% of customers will read at least one review before buying a product, even more before committing to buying it. And uh, it plays into our psychology of uh, wanting to be the part of something once again, to follow the crowd and whatnot. But depending on the product and the service, pure testimonies are enough. I don't think so. Maybe things like um, third party validations also count, especially if your product is something along the lines of medicine or like a supplement or whatnot. And maybe the number of followers or subscribers you have, the number of engagements you have on social media, if we're you know talking about digital marketing. Well, uh, it was all good stuff, and that concludes this episode of Maven Show. We saw the way consumer psychology and digital marketing combine and went into few key concepts of consumer psychology, namely emotional drive, persuasion architecture scarcity prevention and uh, reciprocity and social proof. My co-hosts 
gave some wonderful case studies into these examples and helped me identify just how big a role psychological psychology play, plays in marketing. I thank my viewers and my co-hosts once again for enlightening us with so much of your knowledge. Thank you. Bye for now. <laughs>